This is episode eight of the Rise Up Podcast. We're a morning radio show hosted by Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life, a network of stations across New York and Pennsylvania. Our podcast is a weekly conversation that will help you think and grow in your faith. If you haven't already, subscribe today so you don't miss a single episode and find out more about our show at familylife.org. Thanks for making us part of your morning routine. It's Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. I learned something recently about grief because uh, my whole life I used to think of grief solely as when you lose someone, hmm. someone. But then I learned it's uh, you need to grieve when you lose something as well. Hmm. And I never had thought about that angle before. Yeah, you know, it's something I um I lost a friendship recently. It needed to happen. You know, it was like one of those friendships that was bad for me hmm. and it was bad for the other person. We just did not encourage each other. And so I can look back and say, wow, you know, I'm doing better without that. But there was still a place of like this thing that I had had for a really long time is gone. You know, for some people, it's the loss of your expectation or your dream. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, let's say that your child does something that you didn't plan somewhere in the course of, of their life. And you thought things were going to be X, Y, and Z, and then they weren't. Mm. You have to mourn that. I once heard a speaker talk about how her son ended up in prison and how it changed the trajectory of what she thought their life was going to be. And she had to stop and mourn the loss of the dream. And oftentimes, I don't know why we feel shame in that, that like we know something's missing and it's like, I can't stop. I can't acknowledge it. I can't grieve. But you have to grieve. Yeah. Even recently when I was sharing something about grief, somebody commented who said, yeah, I actually I, I work in the field of counseling and things. And she was sharing how people need to grieve really anytime there's a loss, whether it's a person or or a past lifestyle. They, she said, even if it's a good thing that they moved on, even mm. if it's a, a bad thing they left behind, there's still a, a natural grieving process of you've lost something familiar. Maybe it was a bad habit, you know, but you've got to acknowledge the hole that now leaves in your life. And that's going to make you for a time until you get to heal. That's going to feel pretty bad. And if you don't acknowledge that grief that there was a loss, even if it ended up being the right change, you've still got to acknowledge that and give the the sadness some space. So how do you handle and how do you talk to someone who's going through grief? Mm. And I learned this over 20 years ago when my mom died. I'll never forget this because it was like a light bulb moment for me because most of the people, when they come by at a funeral and they say, I'm sorry, because they, they sound they feel awkward. They don't know what mm -hmm. to say. Right. But I'll never forget. There were several people who apparently had gone through this before knew they came by and they told me they came up was like, you know what I love most about your mom? And they would tell me a, my mom's story. Mm. And that just made me feel so good. And all of a sudden I realized, hey. That's what I need to do in the future if I have a good story, uh, a fun story, a great memory uh, to tell. So because handling and being around someone who's going through grief can be awkward and you don't know what to say. Right. My suggestion would be if you have a great memory of that person, give them because it was comforting to me as someone who was going through a loss of someone mm. obviously close. I interviewed an author a while back on my Therese Talk podcast, Nancy Guthrie, and she talked a lot about grief. She actually lost 
two children as infants. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that she said comforted her is when people would refer to her kids by their name, you know, and, and obviously saying something like your mother, you know who that is. But if it's, if it's someone whose name you can use, oh, you know what I loved instead of saying your husband or your wife, you know what I loved about Beth or you know what I loved about Steve, because Mm -hmm, there's something about the name that makes it personal and it acknowledges that person and the things that we remember about that person. And even if you didn't know them well, you know, a lot of times when you're standing in line at right. a calling hours or something, my husband will always say, okay, you go first, you say the thing. Because I always seem to have something good to say. If you look at the pictures and you kind of gather a little bit about the person, you can say, you know what? It looks like you got your sense of humor from your mom, or it looks like you got your love adventure from your dad, or it looks like you and your brother Ben had a lot of great times together. You know, I mean, there are ways that you can just observe and acknowledge something about the person and their character so that it's not just an empty soul that's gone, that it's a human being, a person with a history and with life and breath in their lungs. It is so, and I'm hearing you, Therese, it's so important to do that. The difficulty is, what you already said, Steve, why is it so hard for us sometimes? Maybe some, it comes more naturally than others to be able to speak into a place of hurt. Mm -hmm. But I mean, we've all felt this. It's really, it's uncomfortable to look pain face to face, to look it in the eye and to open yourself up by seeing them as vulnerable as they are, somebody who is grieving. I must feel funny talking about this because it's, you know, I'm not a grief counselor and I'm not a, you know, I'm not expert in this field. Therese, when you were talking uh, with that person, you know, to know that grief is a natural process. Sometimes when Mm -hmm. you're, and it can hit you at the weirdest times. I mean, you can be going through something, you feel fine. And all of a sudden in the middle of the day, boom, tears start flowing. And, and to think, oh, that's bad. I'm especially as a, you know, you, I'm a believer. I should be stronger than this or whatever. Mm. But, you know, uh, it's it's a natural process. Right. And everybody goes through it different ways through different time periods. Right? You know, it's funny. Grief is something that we try to go around and you can't. The uh, more right. you go try to go around it, you're going to just go around and around and around and around. You mm-hmm. have to go through it at some point. And and I don't know why it is so awkward for us. Maybe it's just because death in general is one of those things that is so final. You know, if someone were in the hospital and they had broken their leg, you wouldn't feel awkward about sitting by them and saying, hey, how are you feeling? And having them share with you the pain that they were in, right? But for some reason, when there's death, we can't come to somebody. It feels so weird to say, hey, how are you feeling? And if they are feeling horrible, it's okay. You can Mm -hmm. say, tell me how you're feeling. Well, tell me something that you remember about your mom. Tell me about a good memory that you had. What is there anything I can do that would make you feel better? Would it help you if I got your groceries, if I mowed your lawn, if I, because one of the best things that we can do with people is just be present and serve them. But for some reason with grief, we get all weird about it. And I don't think that it's that some people have it naturally. I think that it's just that some people have intentionally put the effort into trying to figure out how to do it better. And I say that not in condemnation, but in encouragement that I think everyone can be better at helping people who are grieving. 
by the way, you can get my groceries and do my lawn. <laughs> and I only say that to say people handle grief differently. And I know my family, for instance, uh, and I know me personally, that humor is a defense mechanism. Coping mechanism, you make, too. Yeah. yeah yep. Coping. Yeah, yeah, you cope it. You cope through humor, and sometimes you have to. And so uh, some people may think it's very inappropriate to make a joke or humor during time like that. But if mm -hmm. that happens to be your coping mechanism, then th that can be a healthy thing if that helps you. Other people may stare at you and <laughs> say, no, I'm not getting your groceries or mowing your lawn. But right. you know what I mean. I mean, right. just people handle it differently. Right? And it's okay to laugh. I think a lot of mm -hmm. people, as they're grieving, they feel bad if they have any yeah. happy emotions. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, oh, you can only be sad all the time. But that doesn't honor the person, you know, especially if that person was a person who liked to laugh or liked to joke or anything like that. I, I know that when my father-in-law passed away a couple years ago, we had, you know, five cousins that were all kind of trying to navigate this journey together. And one thing they remembered is a saying that my father-in-law used. It was kind of like his secret curse word. He would say kind of under his breath, God bless America. And that was like his thing. Right. And it was just a funny thing that Papa said that, you know, the kids knew, uh oh, he's like really mad if he says that. And so every once in a while, one of them would just say it. And then the other ones would be like, oh, yeah, remember when he used to this or remember when he used to that. And they just started talking about it. And I think it helped all of them to walk through that journey together of saying, you know what? Yeah, he's gone. But boy, we've got some great moments to hang on to. Yep, I've uh, I've had my all my best friends promise me that at my funeral they tell a list of all my favorite jokes, which obviously shouldn't take very long. Uh, it should be a very short service. Uh, so anyway, thankfully you're just... a fan of one-liners. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> just, uh, you know, you mentioned how it kind of comes in a wave, and at first it's like a tsunami. You know, it's like it just overwhelms you and you just don't know how you're going to ever stand up again. And then over time, it it might become like a, a big surf wave, you know, and then after a while, it just becomes like a big sploosh that gets your shoes wet. And it kind of like, oh, yeah, that's still there, you know, and then all of a sudden the tsunami can come again. And so if you are experiencing that in grief, that's totally normal. One thing that I didn't realize until my father-in-law passed is that your brain actually rewires itself when you are grieving, especially grieving a major loss like a death. And so a lot of times people get that foggy brain, that forgetfulness, hmm. and they'll kind of be beating themselves up like, how come I can't remember to do stuff? And why is it that I can't get these things done on my to-do list? You know, because you're trying to write thank you notes to people and trying to figure out what you're going to wear to services. But that is a normal biological response to grief. There is a trauma that has happened to you emotionally that transcends into the physical. And it can take a good year to 18 months for that to repair itself. And so if you've lost someone and it's only been nine months, don't feel bad if you're still kind of forgetful or not really having it all together. That is totally normal. And you've got to give yourself some grace. I'm learning a lot of things just hearing you talk about this. And one of the big reasons is because in in my life yet that, I mean, we, we have challenges we all face, right? But the particular sting of grief hasn't been a big part of my story yet. Mm -hmm. And there's a certain age at which you like to think that your, you know, maybe your greatest achievements are still ahead of you, still in those years down the line. There's another age where you realize your greatest pains 
are still ahead of you. And of mm. course, none of us really know what's down the line for any of us, but we do know in this life that big grief is always going to be part of the story. And like I just shared, like, that hasn't been a big part of my story yet. And knowing that just the way of the world, the way life goes, that it will be, sometimes I'm tempted to be afraid of the unknown, you know, thinking, boy, what's that gonna be like when I get there? But there are so many things in life. Well, you you can't prepare for things that you, you can't prepare for the unexpected. You don't know what that's going to be like until you get there. So I, I'm, I'm taking it that the best I can do at this point is to just listen and absorb and absorb uh, from the example of wise people in my life and peers as well who I have seen go through this journey. Kind of the Christian walk, though, is that we can't prepare for the things that will happen, but that we can prepare for our response to them. Mm. And I think that's something that you can take at your age and say, okay, what are some things that I would say to somebody if they were grieving, you know, and uh, and how can I acknowledge their loss? I know it seems morbid, but I keep a stash of sympathy cards at my house because when someone passes, I want to be quick to say to somebody, I acknowledge what's going on in your life. And so, you know, I just always have them so that I can, you know, go ahead and send one out and I don't have to go, oh, yeah, I got to remember to do that. And it takes, you know, five days before I actually get to the store. At the same time, if someone has passed and it's been a while, maybe you didn't know about it, still send that card because I know that when my father-in-law passed, we got a ton of cards right at the beginning and you kind of have the service and everybody sort of sits down together afterwards and goes through them all. But even two, three, four weeks later, if a card came in, it still meant the world. Mm. It meant a lot to my husband and his family to know that people were thinking about them and praying for them and caring about them. And so um, acknowledge it. I think one of the biggest mistakes we do is that we look the other way. We say, oh, that's that's uncomfortable for me. I don't want to, I don't want to acknowledge that. And if you're going through grief, uh, it's not a, a sign of weakness mm. uh, to reach out. It's, it's a sign of strength when you reach out. So uh, if you're going through uh, grief, uh, again, reach out to a friend, pastor, uh, someone who uh, has experience maybe in that way. Uh, and that's a sign of strength to reach out asking for help. Yep. Family Life has biblical counselors on staff who would love to talk to you or maybe even just recommend different books that they know that could help you. Uh, of course, we have the Nancy Guthrie podcast, too, uh, one of the previous episodes of Therese Talk, and we're going to get the link for that in the show notes of this podcast so you can just click and listen and help you walk through that grief with God right by your side. Are you ready to face the day? No? That's okay. You can hang out with us until you're ready. This is Rise Up on Family Life. Don't they watch the movies? Don't these people watch the movies before they invent things like this? <sighs> okay, I don't have a biology or ecology degree, but I've seen enough movies, okay, and I think I know that I've got a bad feeling about this one for a good reason. Genetically modified mosquitoes. Dun, dun, dun. Billions of them. Billions of them have been approved to be released in the wild in certain states. Billions of genetically modified mosquitoes. Billions. And okay, now the heart's there. The idea sounds good in theory. It's to reduce 
the population of the currently invasive mosquitoes of, a, of another kind that are there. So when these two breed, mm. the offspring won't be able to have any more little mosquito babies. So the idea is you release these genetically modified mosquitoes and they get rid of the mosquitoes that shouldn't have been here in the first place because it's a, a an invasive species. Well... That, that's an, a good idea in theory to keep them from reproducing, you know, but um, I don't know. A theme park with dinosaurs sounds like a good idea in theory, too. But life, yeah, life finds a way, I've heard. Mm, yeah. We hope the rest of your day is just as much fun as this. You're listening to Rise Up on Family Life. I feel so much better now, and this makes sense. Follow me here. Let's mm-hmm. say you start a new job, and you have a nice desk that's nice and clean. Mm-hmm. And you put a couple things in that desk drawer. And you go back a day or so later, you go to find something. Well, there it is. It's right there. There's only a few things. Sure. Right. Add up years Uh-oh. and years mm-hmm. and years, and more things get put in that drawer. So when someone says, hey, can you find the whatever it is, you go in there and go, well, it's here somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> Here's why I'm feeling better. The same thing, experts say, happened with your memory. Sometimes oh. you're as you age, I'm not there yet, but sometimes when you age, <laughs> you walk told. somewhere into a room and you go like, uh, what did I even come in the room for? Right. And I felt bad about that. But it's just natural things because... Your mind, experts say, are more cluttered. They get more mm. cluttered with things as we age. So no problem. It's uh, it's just part of aging. Your mind is more cluttered, so you'll remember some things. You won't remember other things. Mm. It's no big big deal. So thanks for rising up this morning with me and those other two. <laughs> Sharing the message of hope. It's Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. Are you feeling proper this morning? Yes. Proper? Hmm. If you are going to properly climb Mount Everest, yes. please remember to bring your sugar cubes. Oh, yes. no, not because they are a compact, energy-filled snack. No, no, Pack no. them so that you are ready for your tea party. Oh, quite right. Quite right, yes. There's a climber there who just set a record for the world's Highest tea party. Mm. Beverages and cookies at 21,000 feet. Pinkies up. That's the reason we call it high High tea. tea. (laughs) (laughs) Come closer to the radio so we can see you. Wow, you look great today. This is Rise Up on Family Life. How do we know that Polly wants a cracker? Because Polly always asks for a cracker, right? Polly wants a cracker or whatever. This parrot was, well, up in a tree, and so they needed to find someone to come, obviously, get this pet parrot rescued from this tree. It was just sitting up there. Which, that's what parrots do. They, <laughs> they sit there. I mean, wasn't, wasn't exactly, exactly what this, although you didn't really hear that. The parrot was just sitting there until the, the rescue people came and found that it was a decorative ceramic parrot. Oh. Don't ask me how it got up there. Someone obviously <laughs> Put it up there. This parrot, though, wasn't real. They probably should have known the parrot wasn't real. Instead of saying, Polly, want a cracker? This parrot was probably saying something like, Polly prefers a charcuterie board. After all, (laughs) I'm ceramic. (laughs) Anyone else wish morning started just a little later? Yeah, we get that. It's Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. You ever use an app like to order lunch? 
and then it doesn't show up, and you're like, wait, what What happened? So this guy goes and he checks the app. He realizes, oh, I made a huge mistake. See, he moved, but he didn't update the app with his new address. Mm-hmm. And so he gets this text from a delivery guy that's like, uh, I'm standing outside with your food. And the guy's like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, I didn't update my app. You go ahead and enjoy that lunch on me. Hmm. Nice, right? He didn't expect this text he got back. The delivery driver says, I want to thank you again. Today is my brother's birthday, and he's laid to rest not far from where you had me take this lunch to. So Mm. I'm having lunch with my brother today. You have no idea how much that means to me. Wow. From a Mm. horrible mistake to a pretty wonderful mistake. Today is going to be great. We just know it. This is Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. You know, there are all sorts of holidays, you know, like Valentine's Day and St. Patrick's Day, but sometimes it's easy to forget that these days are named after some real people in history. So why don't we use the time phone to call up St. Patrick and see what he's up to. Hello. Thank you for calling the newly formed Church of Ireland. How may I help you? Um, we're calling from Rise Up on Family Life for St. Patrick. Is he around? Uh, that would be me. And if this is a call about snake removal, uh, that was a one-time thing. Does he sound familiar to you two? Uh, no, Patrick, we just wanted to see how things were going. Oh, well, just another day on the mission field. Uh, you know, preaching to people who worship nature and demons isn't like preaching back home. Back home? Aren't you from Ireland? Oh, no. I grew up in ancient Britain. The Romans brought Christianity there, oh, a hundred years ago or so, and I was raised in the church. Uh, But I didn't think Jesus was my thing, you know. I was my own man. (laughs) Until I wasn't. What do you mean? Well, I got kidnapped and was shipped to Ireland and sold as a slave. It was then that I saw the error of my ways. I became a Christian, and a few years later, God gave me a chance to escape and become a pastor. Then he called me to go back to Ireland to preach the good news. Wow. So what's the sermon for this week? Well, I'm trying to explain the Trinity to my congregation, but I'm drawing a blank on the visual illustration. Yeah, that's not an easy one. What about a shamrock? It has three leaves, but it's just one plant. Mm, kinda. It's not a perfect example, but... Uh, Well, we'll see. Oh, it sounds like the service is starting up. Uh, Thanks for calling, guys. Okay. Tim, do you have family from Ireland by any chance? Yeah, Yeah, why? (laughs) Guys, wait, what? Guys, what? (laughs) 